Let's pray before we begin. Lord, please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. Happens often. The other day, a lady came to my office for an appointment. Last year, I averaged 84 such appointments a week. She came to my office and she was trembling. I mean, just scared to death. I mean, I don't know why anybody would be scared of a fellow like me. Just because I'm handsome and rich and important and famous and a big liar. But, <laughs> amen. But, uh, but she, honestly, just trembling. And she said, I said, may I help you? And she said, I don't know. And so I got up and I walked over to my juicer. I have a juicer in my office and I, I got a cantaloupe. I like cantaloupe juice. And so I, I squeezed a couple of glasses of cantaloupe juice and I said, here, this will calm you a little bit. And, and I said, look, good night. Don't be nervous. I, I'm not going to hurt it. hurt you, that's for sure. What's your problem? And so we sat there for a while and she didn't say a word. So she finished the cantaloupe juice. Of course, that would cure anybody's ills. And uh, then she looked up and she said, startled, and suddenly, Why, you're human! And I said, yes, ma'am. I'm far too human. I'm afraid. Nothing encourages me more than the humanity of the great. Nothing encourages me more than to find the mortality of the immortal and the weakness of the strong and the depths to which the high can go and the failures that the successful sometimes commit. When I'm angry, and I get angry sometimes, I like to find refuge in Moses, who was the meekest man in all the world, and yet he got mad and smote the rock twice, lost his temper and lost his ticket to the Holy Land. When I'm proud, and I'm sure you wonder why a fellow like me would ever be proud, but if I do sometimes become a bit proud, I guess I take refuge in hiding behind Job, the best man in all the world of his day, and yet who, because he stood the test, became proud and arrogant, and God had to smite him down in the last part of his book. When I'm a bit too talkative, and I'm guilty of that a great deal, too, I find comfort in my friend Peter, who also broadcasted more than he tuned in. When I do my own will, I, I take a little bit of comfort and consolation in the fact that Paul wanted to do his own will, in the fact that he wanted to go to Jerusalem and went to Jerusalem, I think, outside the will of God. When I am argumentative, and I guess of all the sins that I have, that's the one that is the most besetting. When I'm argumentative, I take some comfort and consolation in the fact that Paul and Barnabas couldn't get along with each other, and so Dr. Billings and I are not the only ones in the world that can't get along, though we get along beautifully, as long as I get my way. When I'm afraid, I, I realize that Abraham in Egypt was so fearful that he lied about Sarah being his wife. When I get a bit prejudiced sometimes, I take comfort and refuge in the fact that Peter was prejudiced and wouldn't even eat with the Gentiles, as Paul reminds us in the Galatian letter. When I get covetous, I'm reminded that uh, David was covetous, and so when I find myself being all too human, I take great delight in remembering that so were the, the great giants. 
It's amazing how small a giant can be and how dark a bright light can be and how little a big man can be and how, unsuccess- how, how unsuccessful a successful man can be. And, uh, and uh, when I take, sometimes I find myself wanting to quit. Anybody here ever want to quit? Want to quit your Sunday school class? Want to quit your bus route? Want to, want to quit the college? Want to quit the rescue mission? Want to quit the, uh, being dean of the school? Want to quit being vice president of the school? And you fellows ever do want to quit, let me know quick so I can take you up on it. But uh, anybody ever want to quit? Do you ever want to quit your Sunday school department? Ever want to quit your Sunday school class? Promotion day is last Sunday. We had uh, 12,382 in Sunday school, and today we had 645, and, and uh, your class was down. Last Sunday you greeted a great big class of people, and, and today you wonder, oh, where is my wandering class tonight? And, and uh, you say, I think I'll just quit. They need somebody else. I'm too old anyhow. Or I've had it long enough. Or I'm tired. Or it's summertime. Or I've got too much to do. Or I've got high blood pressure. Or I've, I've got to quit. Well, I, I sometimes want to quit. I've been reliving a few times this week when I wanted to quit, and I thought I'd speak this morning on the subject I quit. Now, I'm not, this is not a, a resignation, but, uh, but I quit. I quit, said Demas. I love this present world too much. I quit, said Judas. I love money. I quit, said Jeremiah. I'm tired, discouraged. I quit, said John Mark. I'm scared. I quit, said Peter. I want to go back to the old, the old business. Now, none of us is exempt from this desire to quit. Every one of us wants to sometime lay down the reins and lay down the, 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 the weapons and just not fight for a while. But I'm reminded of what Ecclesiastes says, there's no discharge from this war. Sorry, you can't quit. You may go AWOL, but you'll never have, you'll never have your resignation approved by God. You'll never be pleased God by saying, I quit. You'll never turn back and please God. You'll have to stay in the battle. But uh, a few times I've wanted to quit. I want you to look at three of these fellows this morning who wanted to quit. Jeremiah said, I quit. I quit. Why? In the ninth chapter of Jeremiah, we won't turn to it, but verse 2. Jeremiah said something like this. Paraphrasing, he said this. He said, I'm tired. I'm weary. He said, I'd like to have me a room in a mountain motel or a mountain lodge where the artists hang out and look at the scenery and paint on the canvas what they see. Um, I think that he had in mind the kind of hotel where a bunch of long-haired artists um, uh, were, were hang out and paint the scenery. And Jeremiah said, I want to quit. Again, Jeremiah said in the 20th chapter, verses 7 through 10, that I, which our brother led us in reading a while ago, he said, uh, the Lord, he said to the Lord, Lord, you haven't been good to me. I'm tired. I've been preaching. I've cried my eyes out and worked my hands of bone, and I'm weary of body and weary of soul. We just got through a spring program, and I'm tired, Lord, and, I, and I'm a bit weary, and I'm discouraged, and the people aren't listening, and they're turning from God, and captivity seems inevitable, and I've done all I can. You haven't been right. See, to be fair, you haven't been good to me, and you haven't treated me right. I quit. I quit. Did you ever get that way? This last week, I was down in Longview, Texas, preaching 20 miles from where I went to college. 20 miles from the East Texas Baptist College. And I went out to the little Grange Hall Baptist Church, the first place that I ever pastored. It's out in the country, and I wanted to see what the church looks like. And I got out there, and the parsonage next door had been torn down. And the church was, was in need of paint. And it was no longer a church anymore, no sign out in front. I thought it was just boarded up. And there was a little place where I'd had my first revival and baptized my first convert and had my first wedding and fought my first battles. And uh, I recall 
one. But anyway, I, I decided I'd, I'd go up and try to get in anyway because it looked like it was doors were boarded up. And so I tried to get in, and it was locked. And so I shook the doors. And finally I said, I'm going to break in. And so I shook the doors and broke in. And a bunch of ladies were having lunch in the auditorium. And one of the ladies came to me, and she said, What in the world are you doing breaking in? And I said, I used to pastor here. She said, This is Rebecca Lodge. Rebecca Lodge. And they were having a lodge meeting, and I broke up a lodge meeting. Glory to God. I'd like to break up. But anyhow, I, uh, uh, having, and they had their drinks there on the table, and, uh, and, and having a, a big time. And I noticed the baptistry where I baptized my first converts was a flower box. And they had, uh, petunias and stuff growing out of the baptistry. And they were having liquor out there where I used to preach. And my, my study, where I used to study, where I prepared many of the sermons that I preach here, many of the Bible studies I give you here, uh, it's a storage place for wicked things. And I remembered how time and time again I almost quit. I recall how at midnight one night three deacons met me and told me I wouldn't walk in the pulpit because I was too young. And I, they, and I recall how I didn't get my salary for eight weeks. And I remembered how I used to preach. And you heard me tell about it. The three deacons I mentioned used to make faces at me while I'd preach. Uh, they'd go, mm, mm, while I'd preach. Uh, just typical Baptist deacons, you know. And uh, I, um, I recall how time and time again I said, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. But I noticed Jeremiah said, I'm going to quit because I'm tired. But what's the cure for Jeremiah's quitting? When Jeremiah got tired and weary, what's the cure? The cure is the Word of God. Jeremiah said, Lord, you haven't been good to me. He said, you haven't treated me right. You haven't been good to me. I quit! And so Jeremiah quit. And the first Sunday, shall I paraphrase it to our generation, the first Sunday it came about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, Jeremiah didn't even go to church. And along about 11 o'clock, Jeremiah said, about time they're having church. And I... Well, I'm glad I quit. You haven't been treating me right. Jeremiah happened to think of a verse of Scripture God had given him and began to burn in his breast. And Jeremiah said, I'd like to preach that. Oh, that'd be good preaching. And Jeremiah began to, to, to think of the Word of God. And he said, the Word of God burned in my soul like a, my bones like a fire. And Jeremiah said, I couldn't contain myself. I had to preach. Jeremiah said the Word of God was the cure. Listen to me. You know what the cure is for your wanting to quit? The Word of God. You stay in the Word of God, you won't want to quit. You'll not be weary and well-doing for in due season. You'll reap if you faint not. I know we just had a spring program. I know we're tired. I know many of you have visited seven and eight and nine and ten hours a Saturday. Many of you have. We had last week over 50 people that visited over six hours. I mean, all up and down the streets. And, and we're visiting so much, even cities around here are passing resolutions that you can't go soul winning in their town. I'll tell you what, I'll spend the rest of my life in jail before I'll disobey the Word of God and obey seven old men that don't know God. I'm simply saying, we have a command from God. We can't quit. No time to lay down the sword. No time to lay down the plow. No time to turn back. No time to get weary. We have to keep on going. Our bus workers have to keep on going. And our, and our teachers have to keep on going. And our staff must keep on going. And our soul wedding must keep on going. And our schools must keep on going. And our work must keep on going. Oh yes, a vacation here and there. Or maybe a few days off here and there. A little time to rest and so forth. But stay on the job. Jeremiah said, I tried to quit. And I recalled one night. I said, I'm finished. I'm going to quit. That little country church in East Texas out on Highway 43. The weeds are all grown up now. And back behind the church is a pine thicket. 
And I went out one night behind the, the church in a pine ticket, and I said, Dear God, I'm going to quit. I can't face those men anymore. I'm going to quit next Sunday. Next Sunday is my last Sunday. I'm going to throw in the towel. I've had it! And I got up to preach, and I was going to resign after the service, and, and the men were making faces at me, and I didn't know what to do. And I was a kid preacher, 21 years of age, not still, still not dry behind the ears. And, and uh, I didn't have but two sermons. One was on cigarettes, and the other was on movies. And I'd preach on cigarettes. What's wrong with cigarettes on Sunday morning? What's wrong with movies on Sunday night? And the next Sunday, I'd change it for variety and preach on what's wrong with the movies in the morning, what's wrong with cigarettes at night. I didn't know it. My folks didn't know any Bible, but they didn't smoke or go to movies, I didn't for sure. And I was preaching, and I'd get discouraged. And right here on the second row, those three men were... And nobody could see them but me and the choir. And the choir didn't like me anyhow. And they were glad the men were making faces. And, and they're making faces. And I looked at the Word of God. And all of a sudden, it jumped like a neon light. J- Ezekiel said, Be not dismayed at their faces. I didn't know that was in the Bible. And I jumped a foot and a half in the air and said, Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, Three fellows right here on the second row making faces at me. But I said, God, just give me a verse for you fellows. Be not dismayed at their faces. Now I said, Fasten your safety belts. We're going to have a rough flight from here on in. And I went out behind the old pine thicket that night, the pine thicket, and I took a flashlight out, out in the pine thicket behind the church and beside a little creek out there. And I got a flashlight and I began to read the Word of God. And the Word of God began to burn in my breast and in my soul. And I said, Lord, I'll not quit. I'll not quit. I'll not quit! This morning, if you're tempted to throw in the towel and lay down the sword for a while, look at the Bible! Let the Word of God burn in your soul! And stay in the Word and you won't want to quit. But there's somebody else in the Bible that said, I quit. John Mark. John Mark said, I quit. John Mark was a wonderful young man. He was the son of Mary. It was at Mary's house where they had the prayer meeting. That Remember that day when, that night when Peter got out of prison? And, uh, and he came back to the house of Mary, and Rhoda came to the door, and Peter said, I'm out. And Rhoda said, don't bother us. We're having a prayer meeting that Peter got out of prison. And Peter said, I am out of prison. It's Peter. I'm talking to you now. And she said, don't bother us. And she went back and told the people, said, hey, hey, Peter, Peter's at the door. And they said, tell Peter to leave us alone. We're praying for Peter to get out of prison. And uh, Peter said, I'm out of prison. She said, it's Peter the door. They said, don't bother us. You're ruining the prayer meeting. We're, we're praying for Peter to get out. It was at that house. Uh, John Mark grew up in that house. Mary was his mother. He was a cousin to Barnabas. He was won to Christ by Peter. And, uh, and, and he accompanied Peter, uh, Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. They came to a place called Pamphylia. Pamphylia was a place where robbers lurked in the shadows behind the hills and behind the rocks. And no doubt John Mark got scared and he said, I'm going to go back home, just a boy. He said, I quit! I quit! And he went back home. But if you will check very carefully in the Bible, you'll find in Colossians 4.10 and Philemon 24 and other passages, you'll find Paul saying, John Mark is a great comfort to me. When Paul was in prison, he wrote and said, bring John Mark to see me. And John Mark got back in the battle. What made him quit? He got afraid. He got afraid. All of us get afraid sometimes. All of us get afraid. Not long ago, a fellow stood up back in the back, back here, one Sunday night in the early service, and started waving his fist in the air, you know. And uh, and uh, I, I told him to he had to be, sit down or, or we'd throw him out. And he still kept hollering and screaming, and so we threw him out. Uh, just sort of threw him out. I mean, you know, very lovingly and kindly. Tossed him out. And uh, the next, uh, the man who led the deal back there, the next week, next Wednesday night after church, he was stopped on the way home and beaten almost to death and would have been killed if someone hadn't have found him. And uh, it looked like a gang was after us. And I began to get phone calls and two or three phone calls threatening my life. And, uh, 
But with my great faith in God and my conviction that God would care for me, I was scared to death. And, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, the deacons met and they put a, a siren on my car. So if you, put a, if you open the hood in my car to put a bomb there, it goes off. So no use in trying, fellas. In fact, the deacons are the guys that expect to do it. But uh, they put up uh, and so forth. And, and uh, Jim Reinert, God bless him, then Jim said, Preacher, you're not going to drive anywhere. I'm going to drive everywhere you go. And uh, after I, I'd, I'd leave here at the office sometime 1130 at night and Jim Reinert would be out in the hall. He'd drive me home. And he said, you're not going to drive anywhere. He'd get me out of the house. He'd get out of the car. And he'd say, you stay in the car now. He'd get his flashlight. And he had a little other something besides the flashlight that shot more than rays. And uh, he, uh, he'd look around the house. He'd say, okay, preacher, everything's all right. The next morning when I, it came time to go to work, Jim Reiner would be out in front of the house. And he'd say, preacher, uh, come on, everything's okay. He was my bodyguard for several weeks. You say, were you afraid? Not afraid to die. I just... Afraid of all the ordeal. I like the fellow who went to Pentecostal church and everybody's shouting and hollering and screaming. <laughs> Pardon me, brother. And uh, everybody's shouting and screaming. And a lady walked up and said, Don't you want to get saved? He said, Yes, sir, but I dread the ordeal. And uh, I don't mind dying, but I dread the ordeal. But um, uh, sure, I get afraid sometimes. Down in Texas, a man said to me, You baptize my wife, I'll kill you. He pulled out a big gun. He said, This will go right. He said, Well, she put a bullet out of this gun and go right through your gizzard. And uh, a gizzard, a Texas word, means heart. And uh, so uh, I baptized his wife, and he came after me, boy. And he, he was coming from the north. Guess which way I ran? I ran toward the south. And, uh, but he said, I'll kill you! You say, well, Brother house, thank God you're never afraid. No, I'm afraid, too. I was afraid then. But there's a cure for fear. John Mark said, I'm going to quit! I quit! I quit! I quit! I'm going back! And John Mark took off to go back. But there's one thing that caused John Mark not to stay in that condition. I think just as the Word of God revived Jeremiah, I think it was the teaching of his mother. John Mark was a young boy. He went back home, sat at his mother's knees again, and his mother's knees made him not quit. He got back in the battle. It was a comfort to Paul. Oh, let me say, if there's only one thing that ought to keep us going, it's the teaching, the teaching our mothers gave us when we were little children. My mother, I guess, she's here this morning. I was thinking last night, oh, the echoes, the echoes, the echoes that go through my soul. Son, you're poor. We don't have a lot, but nobody's any better than you are. Don't you look up to anybody. You're as good as anybody on the street. Now, and, and son, you're no better than anybody either. You're no better. You're no better. You're not any better than anybody in the world. You're no, you're no poor worse. You're no better. Son, be clean. Son, be honest. Son, stay for God. Son, study hard. Son, work hard. Son, come straight home from school. Those teachings echo in my breast time and time and time again. The teachings of mother. Maybe your mother's not here this morning. Maybe she's walking the streets, paved with gold and through gates of pearl. Maybe she's in the city where the roses never fade and the shoulders never droop and the brow never furrows and the face never wrinkles and the crepe never darkens the doorknob. Maybe your mother looks down from heaven this morning over the teachings of that godly mother. John Mark said, I quit! But he goes back home. No doubt his mother said, now, John, you're young. Get back in the battle. Don't quit. Keep on going for God. And John Mark came and became a blessing once again. Let me tell you, I'm talking to some man here this morning. You had a godly mother. You sat at the knees of a mother who was godly. She taught you the Bible. She taught you to live for God and live decent. And yet you've drifted away from God and up in heaven this morning. That godly mother looks down and says, I want my boy to serve the Lord. Don't get away from her teachings. Don't you recall one of the sweetest stories in all the Bible? Remember little Samuel? Hannah. 
his mother. She prayed for a boy. Oh, God, give me a boy. Give me a boy. Give me a boy. And he said, Lord, if you'll give me a boy, I'll give him to you. I'll lend him to you as long as he lives. And God gave her a boy. And she took him to the temple. And Samuel lived there with Eli in the temple. But every year, his mother Hannah would make a little white coat and take it to Samuel. Every year. And uh, Samuel get the little white coat and wear the little white coat. Now you're listening. And so Samuel got the white coat this year and next year and the next year. Don't you remember back yonder uh, in the... Uh, if you have to leave the service, leave now. We don't get up and walk out during the service. And... Uh, we just don't do that here. We're, we're, we're not rude, and we're, we do our best to, to be obedient and to keep the rules. And so if you have to leave, leave now. We don't get up and walk out in the service here. You say, I don't like that. Well, then you find another church where you can go where some little sissy preacher will let you do what you want to do. But uh, anyway, um, Sam, Samuel died. Don't you recall when, when, uh, when Saul wanted, to, wanted some help? Saul went to the, to the um, witch of Endor, the fortune teller, and said, I want to talk to Samuel. And don't you recall when Samuel was called back with the Lord and Saul saw Samuel? Anybody know what Samuel had on? He had on a white coat. He had on a white coat. You know why? Even in heaven, Samuel didn't forget what his mother had done for him. Even in heaven. That's, that's the way Saul knew Samuel. And so John Mark said, I quit! I quit! But in quitting, John Mark came back because of mother's teachings. I quit, said Jeremiah, but the Word of God word of God burned in my soul. I'll keep on going. I quit, said John Mark. But my mother taught me not to quit, and I'll get back in the battle. There's somebody else who quit, and that's the Apostle Peter. Peter said, I go a-fishing. Now, if you'll check the words very carefully, you'll find that what Peter said was, I'm going back to the fishing business. Peter's dad was in the fishing business, and Peter was going to take over his business. Peter had left his dad and gone, followed Jesus Christ, and, and, uh, and uh, finally, after Jesus was crucified, he got discouraged and lonely, and he said, I quit! I'm going to go back fishing. And Peter was out fishing. What's the cure? Peter went back to his call. One day, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, Peter didn't know where he was. One day, Peter was out, one night, Peter was out fishing, hadn't caught a thing, and, and uh, Jesus walked out, walked out, and and was in the boat with him. And don't you recall, John, the beloved, said, It's the Lord! It's the Lord! And Peter was naked and jumped in the water. I wish all the naked folks in Hammond would go jump in the water. But uh, he was naked and went and jumped in the water. And uh, then the Lord, you know what he did. The Lord's with him. And finally the Lord said, Peter, have you caught anything? And Peter cursed and swore and said, All that long we fish haven't caught anything! <laughs> if anything to give a person the right to curse and swear, it'd be that. Anybody here ever fish all night and didn't catch anything? I recall one night our deacons in Texas went out fishing on a fishing trip. And we didn't catch, I mean, we couldn't even, little, little uh, pan fish would suck our bait off. Little thieves, little parasites. We fished all night long. We didn't get one thing. We didn't get a crappie. We didn't get a bluegill. We didn't get a redgill. We didn't get anything. We didn't get a thing. And finally, I said, oh, let's go home. And jerked my pole and took off. And the, my deacon chairman said, preacher, look what's on into your pole. I had a fish on into the pole. And, uh, but all night long, we'd, we'd fished all night long. And uh, I said to my deacon chairman, if I, had, if I knew what Peter said out there, I'd say it. All night long. And Jesus said, why don't you put your net over here on this side of the boat? And Peter said, We know this place. We've been fishing here all our life. Peter, Jesus said, Put your net over here on this side of the boat. 
And they did. And you recall all the fishes. What was 156, wasn't it? They raised up. And Peter said, that reminds me of something. Oh, Peter said, I recall that day when I was on this sea back yonder three years ago or so. And I recall when Jesus came to me and I'd been fishing all night before. I hadn't caught anything. And he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I recall that same thing happened before. And Peter said, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Oh, last week, I was thinking about this thing of quitting. How I used to quit. I wanted to quit at Grange Hall, but I couldn't. I couldn't. The other day, I was in Dallas a few hours where I grew up. And I, I drove a little bit, just a few miles out of the way. And I drove to the place where God called me to be a preacher. And I relived that blessed, blessed time when the Spirit of God said, I want you to be a preacher. I drove by the little church where I preached my first sermon and lasted three minutes and I had to quit. Everybody laughed at me and I was embarrassed. I drove down trails where I'd driven before. And I said, oh, blessed be God. Oh, blessed be God. I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit in East Texas. But uh, I couldn't because the Word of God was like a fire. I wanted to quit again when I thought my ministry was finished. When I thought I'd never preach again. When I faced the darkest hour of my life. I wanted to quit. But I couldn't quit. Why? God called. That's why. Oh, the blessed call of God. And I went back to the days when the blessings of God and the call of God was there. And I thought of what Paul said when he said he came to the end of the trail. He said, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. But he said, i finished the course. i finished the course. Oh, listen to me. There are times we want to quit, Dr. Billings. There are times when a student, yesterday afternoon, when, when I started to go home yesterday afternoon about 5 o'clock or so, I walked out. There was a college student in the waiting room. And she began to cry. And she said, For the house, you're going to hurt. You're going to, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. And I said, What is it? She said, I got kicked out of school. And I asked her what she did. I tried to help her. God knows. You'll forgive me. I was about to invest four or $500 of my money in her life. Honestly. And I don't have a lot of money. And she began to cry. And she said, I broke a rule. And I'm sorry, and I'm out of school. Sometimes you just sort of want to quit, don't you? You just say, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I recall Bob Billings called me the other day. said, Brother House, something happened to one of our high school girls. Something awful. She's done something terrible. One of our girls grew up in the church. I knew her when she was that high. And I hung up the phone. And I said, Dear Lord, you know I've tried. I pastor a lot of people, and I can't be with them like I want to, and I can't see all of them as much as I want to, want to, want to see them. But I've tried. I've worked day and night. You know I have. And I've tried to make something of that girl. By the way, I haven't given up on her yet. But my heart broke. But you know, then the dear Lord comes along like last Friday night. And a young man like Jack Rowe stands up like he did. And you say, Blessed be God. I'm glad I didn't quit. I'm glad I didn't quit. Don't lay down your sword. There's too much to do. One night, about two weeks ago, 
I had had 26 people in my office that day, and every one of them had big problems. And God knows I try to help. And I enter into the problems, and I enter into the burdens, and I try to help 26 people. Every one of them had, oh my, the awful, awful problems and complexities. And I was so tired, I absolutely thought I couldn't walk to the car. And I got out in the car and drove home. Shortly after I got home, the telephone rang. I answered it. One of our teenagers said, Preacher, I love you. I love you. I said, Preacher, I wish I could see you more. And I said, I wish I could see you more too. And I got to thinking that night. I stayed awake most of the night. So many folks need help. So many. Doc, it just seems like everybody needs somebody to help them. And I can't get around. And somebody comes and tries to get an appointment and they, they need me. And yet I'm booked solid for two or three weeks with appointments. So many folks need help. Let's don't quit. Let's don't quit. Over in Chicago this morning, there are tens of thousands of little boys and girls who never hear the word Jesus. Never. Little girl stood in my office the other day. Me, little girl, had caused a riot down in the department, in the, in the high school department, bus department. Girl about 15 or 16, I guess. She came up and she was blazing. And I, I almost grabbed her and shook her. And, uh, and I said, what's wrong with you? Why can't you behave? And she screamed at me till you could have heard her out in the street. She said, because nobody cares, that's why. And I began to cry and I said, you, you didn't say that right. I said, somebody cares. I care. She softened and began to cry. She said, you mean you care about me? And I said, you better know I care about you. Listen to me. That town over there is full of people for whom nobody cares. That town over there is full of little kids running around. Parents that just as soon give them away as keep them. A little boy came to my office two weeks ago. <laughs> Had a little kid with him. He didn't come to see me. He just walked down the hall. He came to my office. And I, I was having appointments. I opened the door and he said, Forgive me now. The last time I said this word, my, my, my mama washed my mouth out with okay soap. Uh, I only said one bad word in my life, and that was golly. When I was a kid, I learned the word, and I was seven years old at school. And I came home, looked up mama, and said, golly. And she said, that did it. She got the little okay soap, the kind you put a little sticker on, had okay, didn't have a wrapping around it. She put the shavings off that thing, got the wash pan, went out in the well and drew some water, and got that water warm. And she said, open your mouth, and she got a handkerchief. She wrapped that handkerchief around her fingers like this and stuck it down in okay soap. And I can still taste the taste of okay soap. But anyhow, that's what the little boy said. He looked at my office and he said, Golly! I said, What do you mean, son? He said, That looks like heaven in there. And I said, Come on in. And that poor little kid walked in. He saw the carpet. And my office is not as plush. My Ron Schaefer's office is like a Waldorf Astoria compared to mine. My office is not a plush office. It's nice. But uh, Terry Smith has a nicer office than I do down in, down in <coughs> Longview, Texas. And, but, but it's nice. And he said, golly. He said, hey, Joe, 
Look at there. Golly. He looked around. And I, he looked at my desk and the carpet and the chairs. And I hugged him. Did you know that every Sunday, every service he's been here since then, he's come to my office. He doesn't want to see the office. He wants me to hug him. Last Sunday he came back three times. He thought of three different, three different problems he had. He came back three times. He said, would you pray for my mommy? I said, what for? Well, she just needs praying for her. He came back a little while later. Don't quit. Somebody ought to love those kids over there. Don't quit. Somebody needs to take care of that department. Don't quit. Somebody needs to work on these teenagers here and try to make something out of them. Dr. Evans, don't quit. America needs our college. Dr. Billings, don't quit. Our country needs our preacher boys. Brother Helton, don't quit. Our college and our country need you. Brother Fist, don't quit. There are too many folks need you to knock on their door and tell them about Jesus. Bob Billings, don't quit. These young people over here need you. You high school teachers, don't quit. Our boys and girls need you. You bus workers, don't quit. There's a whole area here that needs us. That needs us. Oh, God, help us to stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. I quit, said Peter. Peter, go back to your calling and get back in the battlefield. I quit, said Jeremiah. Let the Word of God burn in your soul and stay on the battlefield. I quit, said John Mark. Go back to Mother's teachings, John Mark. Go back to Mother's teachings. Stay. Don't quit. 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 Somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, be awfully easy to quit today. Excitement of 10,000 a Sunday is over. Buses are down. Memorial Day weekend. College is over. Summer's here. Vacation time is around the corner. Be awfully easy to quit today. Oh, God, don't let our people quit. Don't let our people quit. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. As long as there's one little kid that needs someone to love him, don't quit. As long as there's one young person that can amount to something for God, don't quit. As long as someone has a broken heart, don't quit. So many folks need help. So many folks need help. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I wonder while our heads are bowed. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group, Jesus Answers Prayer. May God bless your day.